Welcome to the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Hello, everyone. It's good to be back with you after a week away for episode 118 of the Rewind. If you're new here, well, welcome. And if you're not, then welcome back. This is the weekly podcast that follows ever so closely the development of Pantheon Rise of the Fallen, the in the works MMORPG by Visionary Realms. Today on the show, we're recapping the September developer live stream, digging through the backlog of community content, and embarking on some lore concerning the history of Terminus. It's almost autumn. And that means the leagues are thinking about Fallen, and it means MMOs are calling, and we rise to the occasion to bring you the latest from the Pantheon community's home cooking. So grab a plate and settle into the hearth as I, Theric, and my cozy co-host, Desrin, welcome you to this week's Rewind. Desrin, welcome back. Hey! You are, it's <laughs> good to hear your voice again. Good to, good to talk to you. How was your trip? Oh, it was horrendous. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad to be back, honestly. Uh, yeah, 90% of, uh, of the trip I would not like to redo, but uh, wow. luckily my, my last day and a half, two days was uh, kind of made up for it. But I'm definitely, oh, definitely glad to be back. <laughs> and we have so much going on. I'm really excited. Yeah, we have a lot. We have a lot going on. Lots to talk about. I'm just going to do a quick little uh, shout out to uh, what my week has been like. Um, I had to take a sick day this week because my kid is sick. But um, I didn't, you know, not being sick myself was kind of nice because I just spent the whole day on the couch playing uh, some Breath of the Wild. Ooh. And uh, I love that game so much. I'm, I just it pulls me back in so hard. And this happened to be the same week that they announced the uh, follow up. The uh, I think Tears of the Kingdom is the name yes. of it. Yes. Correctly. The Nintendo Direct was this week, coming out in May of next year. And this is like the only game that my wife uh, really enjoyed sort of backseat playing with me, like side on the couch. And we booked a week off in May for that week <laughs> to play it together, play the next one together. <laughs> it's going to awesome. be so much fun. She's not a gamer. I've said that before, but I'm uh, so looking forward to it because it's just a great, it's a great experience. So yeah, man, definitely looking forward to that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, playing Breath of the Wild is a, is a solo activity, but we are not a solo podcast. <laughs> we have our adventure party here joining us as always. So this week it's Ziplocs on the Dark Mer Rogue, Sparrow on the Elf Ranger, Bounty Coat on the Human Wizard, Screech on the Scarbard, Wiki Woo on the Human Enchanter, Shuriken on the Dwarf Cleric, Horsasaurus on the Human Warrior, Fury Wrath on the Archai Summoner, Pavejo on the Gnome Wizard, Sarah Avienda on the Elf Druid, and Churro Dude on the Halfling Dire Lord. I also want to give a huge congratulations to the uh, Rewind listener uh, by the name of Lenny, Yay! who won the Scion of the Black Rose pledge that we gave away uh, two weeks ago. So, I mean, it's always great to get these pledges done and, and to give it away to somebody, a new name that I, you know, I don't, haven't spoken to them before. Um, this was a, a new a listener to, to my knowledge. And uh, the list of people um, who have won a, pledge on our show is keeps getting bigger yeah. and bigger so that's uh, harder and harder to do um you know 
And <laughs> we had a huge turnout for that show, as you know, does. And uh, I'm desperately, I remember when the show was going on, I'm like furiously writing down <laughs> names and I'm triple checking to make sure I had all the right names entered for the draw. It was like super frantic, but uh, for a good, for a good cause, obviously, and, um, and really enjoyed ourselves as we always do. So if you're listening to this, stay tuned in the future. We're going to do more giveaways um, because there are lots of work, but they're also the most fun oh, yeah. thing we do. Yeah. Right. So. If you want to support the show, you can do that in a couple of ways. Uh, to help us keep doing these pledge giveaways, you can hit up the Patreon campaign. That's linked in the video description and in the show notes. You can also hit the super chat button during the premiere to uh, drop a thanks there or hit that super thanks if you're watching after the fact uh, and leave a comment with uh, with what you like and what you don't and, and what you want to say. Um, and the, this last one we gave away, like I said, it was a big pledge, big deal. <laughs> yeah. But you guys are so supportive and we are so extremely grateful for it that we want to keep doing that kind of stuff. So, of course, the Rewind will always be a product. It's free. It's a product of our fan energy and uh, of no no paywalls <laughs> or barriers or anything like that to enjoy it. So you're not obligated to do anything, but uh, we're just uh, here for you and we're here to have a good time. And hopefully we're here for a long time. So <laughs> Yes. We, <laughs> Yeah, I like that. We've got the Gratitude Foundation laid down, Desert. Are you ready to uh, get cooking here? Oh, absolutely. Let's do it. This week in Visionary Realms, news and notes. All right, let's dive in. We got the September 2022 development update from VR to talk about. Uh, this one was all about the uh, new character models and class updates, as they said in their in their post. And uh, these are two of our most beloved topics. I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. And on Pantheon Plus U, Minus and Ronick actually jumped on uh, to talk with uh, me and Drac and Nathan Napalm for uh, a little little extra content for everyone. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll be covering that stuff as well. Um, but let's start with the, with the class updates does. And, and, uh, we got to go back to school with Taham <laughs> to learn about some, clip, <laughs> nice. some developments. Yeah. I got his name right this time. I'm very proud of myself. Um, to learn, uh, you know, some developments with the rogue and the enchanter. And as we had hoped, the cleric was, uh, yeah. was in there. So yeah, that was the big part. We'll get, we'll get to the cleric at the, at the end, the way they did it, save the best for last. Right. Uh, Before we get to the details, though, I do really want to say I really like the way VR is going about this, um, the way that um, they they sort of uh, the present present the information with an overview of the goals of the class update. So like they say, this is what we want to do with it. And here's the abilities that represent that, that demonstrate that. I think it's a good way of doing it. Now, we'd be here all day if we went through each and every class skill and ability they showed. So we're not going to do that, but we're going to summarize some of the key points and, and, you know, use a couple examples of those class abilities to sort of show, you know, just talk about what they were trying to demonstrate and whether, you know, share our thoughts on them. So, um, you know, Desiree, as I go through this, jump in here with any additions uh, that you uh, that you have. But let's start with the, we are, we are said about the rogue. Um, they said the rogue experience hasn't really undergone any dramatic dramatic changes, um, but techniques are now being emphasized and they want to, quote, capitalize on states. So if you're new to following Pantheon, what states are are basically conditions that are imposed upon mobs. And it's not that uncommon. We see them in other MMOs, other RPGs, that kind of thing. Um, a good example of this was the rogue skill smoke trick being updated. And it's been updated to take advantage of the disoriented and stunned states. And that then allows it to synergize with other rogue abilities, things like flash bomb, which that imposes the stunned state, as well as a new skill we saw called skullcracker, which imposes the disoriented state. 
Now, I would label this this skill, um, uh, smoke smoke trick, as being of extreme utility based on this change. And I think what we saw, you know, you can say it's going to be a pretty having those three skills because of their synergy probably a pretty solid trio yeah. on your uh, limited action set bar you know again as we go through all these keep that in mind you know keep that in mind like the limited action set the the choice you're making to put these abilities on your bar you know does it make it does it not you know you can sort of play that sort of little mind game with yourself and um, i mentioned skull cracker skull cracker being a new uh, rogue ability it's actually a technique it's a weapon technique for crushing weapons <laughs> for rogues that wield crushing weapons we'll talk about in a second it gets a bonus from strength and, and as well from intellect. Again, we're talking about a rogue here, right? So yeah. very interesting. We also saw this, you know, this is another, um, this is one of those skills that bon- gets a bonus from a from a ability score. There was another one that got a bonus from agility and dexterity. So, you know, it, it sounds like VR's, again, leaning into these unorthodox combinations because we don't really think of rogues utilizing a crushing weapons or intellect same with the dire lord and we saw uh last time the intel uh, intellect stat was very important with one of their abilities so you know i don't know if minus has been like getting tehom tehom i said it wrong tehom a lot of coffee in the office or not but uh he's certainly uh getting some <laughs> seeing some improvements to uh, his class so desert your thoughts here on the uh, on the rogue update and um you know, what details do you want to talk about? Because yeah, I know you're doing a video about this too, but we'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, what did you think? Well, first off, like, as, as you said, there there's a lot playing on states um, that we're seeing now. And I think everyone should really have their eyes uh, like open to more info as we go forward on this, because I don't think there's going to be gimmicks uh, or, or, you know, at the very least, they should be worth paying attention to Um you know, we'll, we'll get to it soon, but there's already set up for some really awesome coordination between classes as they help each other out with certain states at certain times. Um, actually, I'm going to spoil it a bit. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. now, the, so to be kind of broad, the rogue definitely seems like they'll be able to really help set up the enchanter, for example, yeah. to help lock down mobs. And and this is the kind of synergy I think we're, we're starting to see all over the place. Um uh, oh, I also kind of feel the need to say, I, I do love that there are options for a rogue using blunt weapons. Uh, <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I, and I can see it being a really distinct style of play. Uh, it, it's really cool. Um, like, you know, when we think rogue, it, it, if if your experience is like, oh, it's the dagger stabby. Um, but I think rogue more like the broad sense of a roguish person and so mm. I imagine some kind of like, you know, sleuthy rogue kind of just whacking a dude upside the head with a club or something to knock <laughs> him out, right? Um, there you go. You know, kind of coming up from the shadows and bonk. Uh, <laughs> and and it, A, it fits that ability perfectly. I mean, it's, it even gets a bonus, right? Or no, it only stuns if it's from behind. Uh, and yes. um, I, it just, I think it really fits the theme. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. I, I was kind of curious when we talked to Minus on, on Pantheon Plus U, whether or not, you know, how he felt about this. He he confirmed he's not opposed to using a, a crushing, a blunt weapon, crushing, whatever they want to call it. He's not afraid to give up his daggers. That's what he said, at least. I kind of, I pushed him on it a little bit. I kind of questioned him like, I don't know, man. You seem like you really like daggers. <laughs> we'll see in the gameplay but, streams uh, to come. 
Yeah. Uh, next time we see a gameplay stream, make sure if you're listening to this and you're in like VR's chat to call him out or, That's or right. make sure he's uh, held accountable for that statement. <laughs> I like what you said about the crossplay between the classes too. And it sort of transitions well into what I want to say about what we saw about the Enchanter because the Enchanter skills, there was definitely some cross-class synergy Tons. with the Cleric. Yeah, you know, in terms of like making sure the clerics can get their heels off. This isn't in the notes. I'm just sort of going like <laughs> off what I remembered from last night. But um, and when I I'm going to do a video about the Enchanter update that I'm going to talk about that a little more where, you know, being able to prevent your cleric from being interrupted is massive. Huge. It's it's huge, right? Because that's the death to all heels is when they get interrupted and they can't get the heel off. Anyway. Well, actually, because you get- mentioned that, it is worth noting, is this was kind of just slipped in there, but uh one part of the recent, you know, combat updates that they've been doing to get, you know, to push forward is having interrupts uh for players based on damage. So uh it, if you've ever noticed in the streams in the past, uh, you don't really get interrupted uh as you cast um and now you right. do uh, it's a standard thing right but you know worth noting that yeah. that's a thing now yeah no absolutely it's a, it's a good point um you know and and then so so looking at the enchanter what they showed us um they said again it's not a class that's undergone substantial changes which is a good thing because that means they're because <laughs> you, you already really liked it <laughs> I did. Admittedly, I don't want to see a lot of changes to the Enchanter because I really like the class. Anyway, but there's few refinements that they've made and, and they're significant, if you ask me. And I'll give you the first and foremost one in my mind. No more infinite mezzing. <laughs> because... Thank every god and deity of Terminus. <laughs> yeah, let's go through the Book of the Availoth and, and say a, a prayer to each <laughs> one of those was... deities because... It was kind of silly. It was, it was literally like... Uh, pretty easy to keep the battlefield under control a big battlefield and and what they've done here is is really intriguing basically um it's been updated for balance purposes the cast time was increased so here's what they did they increased the cast time so um to not allow it to be used as an interrupt because that's exactly what it was used for (laughs) yep it was it was absolutely used for so it's got a longer cast time but here's the more more important part they added what's called a perpetuation cost or what they called it on the stream anyway probably not formally called that basically mana is expended over time per mez target so i i'm not gonna lie it's like this weakens the enchanter's class but as an overall balancing thing and i think is a challenge in the way the class plays this is amazing. They found a way to put the Enchanter into a tension-building situation mm. instead of just playing the Mez timer rotation, which basically was what you were doing. You were you were just keeping those clocks ticking over and over. And, and if you had it at a certain point, your mana was not really an issue. Um, so now, decisions got to be made. Do I keep the one target Mez for a really long time? Is that the most important thing? Or is it more important that I keep many for a short period of time? Um and and I think that was really the theme with this Enchanter update, the addition of of tension, um, like the new skill. And, and Ronick talked about this discordant divination. It's a basically a basic direct damage spell, but the type of damage it does is random. Now, that could be great in one situation. It could be a problem <laughs> in another. Ronick was very excited about this when we talked to him on, on Pantheon Plus U. Uh, he talked about how this idea you know, really spoke to him, this randomness idea in this way, because randomness is always sort of a, you know, catch 22 sometimes or hit and miss. Um, and how it felt to try it out was something that he really liked. Um, and there's another example of this again, 
another skill for the enchanter, a new skill called Brain Freeze. Um, you basically, if you want to conceptualize it, it's an interrupt over time. <laughs> so I like that. you yeah, you put it on the mob and it randomly interrupts the NPC multiple times, but you don't control that cadence. You don't control when those interrupts happen. Uh, ridiculously cool idea, if you ask me. You know, will you see it? Will you use it? How much RNG can you kind of stomach in the in the sake of for the sake of value, for the sake of uh, you know, a f- yeah. sort of a fire and forget uh, interrupt over time? You know? And, and so you know re- that like one time when no one has an interrupt available and it happens to tick. Like when the enemy yeah. is casting something huge, it's going to be like, uh. <laughs> you're, the, you're the hero, man. At that point, you're the hero. And then you take responsibility for it. Oh, so, yeah, oh yeah, I totally no, intended I had that. that. Yeah. I had that in control. And then when it fails, you say, well, what can I do? It's random. <laughs> it's random. You know? <laughs> so would you, if you're playing an enchanter, are you, are you putting this on your on your limited action set? Oh, dude. Uh, I mean, of course, this depends on what, what else is available, right? But I think this is, you know, your overall, uh, I think a, as they put it, um, it helps out the healers even if you're not interrupting something just because it's a brief little stun. Um, so just a little bit of breathing room uh, to help out the rest of the team. I think it's a good just kind of fire and forget uh, if you're dealing with stuff that, you know, that's going to actually be effective against. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't, uh, I definitely wouldn't use the, uh, dis- what is it, discordant divination uh, mm-hmm. a, in Hallnir Cave against those imps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because... Yeah. Uh, that's that's my brain went right there too, right? Yeah, that's and, the <laughs> best example we've seen of that. Yeah, anyone that's had had experience, uh, and, you know, we, we refer to the stream, of course, uh, because this has been yes. seen publicly, um, but it leaves an impression. We'll, <laughs> we'll give it that. Um, <laughs> I think Co felt, felt the impression of that when he played. Absolutely. Sure. Um, but yeah, like, you know, something where the damage type matters less. I think that's great because it sounds like it's going to be higher damage. It's just random damage. Um, and uh, I, right. I love that. Actually, I I like this new theme with the Enchanter. I know they said it would no major differences, but there's this kind of pervasive theme that's that's coming up here, and it's uncertainty. Um, like, it's, it's mm. control, but not uh, surety. Like, and yep. I think that's going to yep. make enchanters feel pretty spicy to play, <laughs> depending on yes. you know how much you lean into that. Because not all abilities are that way, but uh, you could you could I I could see a build guide right now, the lottery enchanter, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> controlled chaos. How controlled about that? Let's call it chaos. Controlled chaos. Yeah, and I really <laughs> like uh, how you you said uh, tension building, um, especially for Mez. I, I think this is just where a lot of folks. You know, they complain about combat being slow, but they're going to be really surprised by situations that f- that still feel really hectic in spite of a lower actions per minute. And uh, and mm-hmm. this, you know, it's actually a really simple solution to the, the Mez problem, right? But it's yeah. it's elegant, I think. It works just right. And it, it you know, the more that goes down, the more you're going to feel that pressure of, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I know. I love it too. And you know, the thing is, is that I want to feel that pressure, even though playing a, an enchanter, I, I don't know what kind of mindset it attracts. I mean, I know I'm attracted to playing it so I can speak for myself, but like, I like that feeling of, you know, being a little bit of a puppet master with regard to the battlefield and, and my, my allies relying on my maintaining and maintaining control of these things and throwing some tension and throwing some chance that 
it might fail is really feels feels <laughs> uh, good. It feels like I'm challenged, you know, like I'm being challenged. As if uh, playing a CC class wasn't stressful enough already, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, let's go. You know, let's. <laughs> I'm up for it. Challenge is what I'm here for. And we're also here for what we were here for in the class update is the clerics for sure. We got uh, what we got didn't disappoint. Um, they sh- VR showed the skills that promote the cleric as basically a frontline uh, healer with mitigation based healing, some summoned items and, and an un- anti undead arsenal. Now, the centerpiece skill here, I'd say, is called was called Celestial Guard. And this restores health and places an absorption shield on the target. The key is that the shield strength is based on the healing that's done. So the more healing it provides, the better the shield. And if the target's below 20% health, it gets really crazy good. So almost too good, if you ask me. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but again, this is the first time we're seeing the class. So again, like the ref- like the refinements made to the Enchanter and the Rogue, this will probably be the, the first iteration. And then they'll, they'll do some refinements later on. I, I, but. I have to point something out, though. And this is totally like off script and off of uh, what was said <laughs> in the stream. But just the fact mm-hmm. that it's based on healing done. Uh, if you let your mind wander a little bit. And as we've, you know, we're starting to see with classes that can actually help, uh, you know, particular parts of healing. Uh, maybe even that expands to temporary things. So. I could imagine, you know, if there's another class that can increase the next heal by, you know, a certain amount, the cleric is going to want to recognize when that happens and use this ability in kind because it's going to double its effectiveness Mm -hmm. um, because it's based on the healing done. And there's so much synergy possibility there. um, Plus, you know, the whole 20% thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, again, that's finding those overlaps, those interactions, and when you can, like, you know, uh, exponentially increase a spell's efficiency or its effect, you know, you start stacking numbers on numbers on numbers. Oh, yeah. It could get pretty crazy, right? So, um, yeah, I, you know, this is the kind of stuff that people look for in games, and this is the kind of stuff people love to find. So, um, it, it, you know, and it, and it challenges the cleric, I think, here. And one of the things that came up on the show afterwards we talked a lot about was how this encourages a really actively engaged uh, player, you know, um, a, a cleric in this case. Um, but, you know, one of the things that this spell in particular, if you look at it, it really asks the cleric to wait until the last possible moment to apply it. <laughs> And we joked on the the show that it's like playing chicken with your tanks, right? <laughs> yeah. How low can you go? <laughs> we talked about tension building already, and this definitely keeps the player in the moment. And um, you know, no more no more lazy healing if you want to stay in your group's good graces, good graces, or if you just want to be like, you know, we talk about reputation, we talk about getting known for something, and you want to be known as a good cleric. You know, use this spell properly. Um, I think you've got a real opportunity to to really build your build your your reputation, your profile as a cleric if uh, with skills like this. Now, with the rogue, I mentioned weapon techniques, um, so they gave one to the clerics too, and it's called faithful strike. It's a general technique, which again um, means it's like weapon agnostic. It means it, it, all clerics can will get it. It doesn't de- it doesn't depend on the weapon you're using. Um, but wait, what it is, is giving clerics basically a life drain effect. Uh, it does divine damage. Um, the cool thing here that is that they linked it to a spell called Bonds of Faith. And what that does is it causes certain abilities, uh, certain ally abilities to restore health. 
So basically, at the end of the day, you can give an ally faithful strike, a general technique, uh, and there's a great ability interplay here. And ultimately, bonds of faith, you know, because it's it, it said it can only be applied to certain abilities. That's going to its value, I think, is going to be dependent on which ability oh, yeah, it can be yeah. applied to. However, faithful strike on its own is just plain good, right? Life brains, oh, yeah. life taps, always, always something you you want. And it was funny. I was looking through the comments um on vr's official on the youtube channel uh for their for the video and and uh, our friend lenny who won the pledge actually had a comment that i wanted to post in here because i think we can answer it and the question lenny had was has this cleric version ever been in the pre-alpha game footage um he's thinking the eq cast healer cleric version was the only one being played to this point and you would be right yep they've never they've never showed this version of uh the cleric lenny so um there's been older streams where they've had like i mean we say we've never seen the ranger but that one of the very first streams back in like 2016, I think it was Basgrim's playing a ranger, but it's just a, it's just a class with some basic yeah, abilities yeah. And called a ranger. And I think the cleric was the same sort of thing at the time. Um, or I'm thinking there's an Aberfate stream where um, uh, Brass was playing a cleric, but again, some, uh, just a basic kit, nothing like this. Yeah. So yeah. So to answer your question, so Desrin, do you like what you saw from the cleric here and the, the skills that were described and, and how they sort of showed off this new, uh, new class oh absolutely <laughs> uh i mean i, I think not. we were all really curious how this whole mi- mitigation based you know frontline healer role would pan out and uh mm-hmm. and you know even these just five abilities i think paint a great picture uh you know I, i'm i'm incredibly excited about anything that lets a healer convert damage to healing right <laughs> yeah. um yep. and i think it's going to make for some pretty big differences between grouping with a cleric uh, or another healer or or even another cleric i should say um with with all these class updates that we've seen i think it's pretty safe to say that uh there's going to be a lot of variances within a class uh maybe more than we've seen before in this kind of mmorpg um yeah absolutely i mean i we talked about that with the rogue a little bit right like variations on builds is uh, so important and so uh you you know allowing you to play a character that is different from yeah. every other character is so important yeah and i think i think it's going to make grouping like really interesting and uh and one of my favorite things about all of this is all of this interplay all of the synergy or you know class differences and stuff it just continues to raise the skill skill ceiling right um yeah yeah this kind of stuff Which is, is going to I mean, you could imagine just having a uh, an enchanter and a rogue, you know, be on the same page, is going to make a noticeable mm-hmm. difference uh, in your group because they're both doing some crowd control, perhaps, right? So they're both using their their abilities. You know, maybe one, even though the rogue's primary purpose isn't crowd control, maybe the enchanter has a tool they really want to use. You know, they they offload some yeah. of their crowd control duties to the rogue just so they can you know, focus on another area. Or just, you know, getting in a group and an enchanter like asking, hey, like, would you mind, you know, putting putting yeah. Skullcracker on your on your bar or smoke trick or whatever? Cause, you know, if if you land this, you know, when a mob gets out of control or we get an ad, it guarantees that my mez lands. Um like right. how huge is that? Um, you know, that kind of conversation and setup I think is gonna be a really interesting aspect of uh Pantheon when it comes to playing with other people and uh uh i do i would like throw in a few takeaways just as far as the class stuff Mm -hmm. though uh that were overarching themes um one the abilities are getting a lot more interesting and complex uh 
uh, I used to complain like the abilities used to be kind of like basic EQ simple, <laughs> but with some flavor text, yeah. you know, um, yeah, that was yeah. a big gripe of mine. And, uh, but now, uh, as far as we've seen in these updates, they're, they're actually really engaging. They're, they're unique even. And, uh, I, I also noticed they're putting a lot into techniques, which is kind of, you know, a side thing, but, uh, I think we'll, we'll see a lot more on techniques as we go, but just what they're showing, I, um, especially when it comes to the rogue, and I think it adds a good amount of dynamism to how you play your class um, quite a bit. Uh, that, and like I mentioned, states, um, I can't stress that enough. Um, adding that extra layer of cooperation and, and comboing, uh, it's going to be, it's going to really separate like a, a tight knit, you know, skilled group from, you know, a kind of more careless kind of group, right? Like I, yeah. it's making that distinction very clear. I, I think you're really going to notice uh, hopping into a group with either people, you know, or uh, people that just get it, you know, um, it's going to be very exciting, but yeah, I'm really liking what we're seeing on these class updates. Uh, this has been super fun and I'm cracking up that <laughs> left out the monk. <laughs> just <laughs> way to hear the community. <laughs> yeah, they did. They made that joke right off the hop. That was pretty funny, actually. Sorry, monks, not today. <laughs> so let's uh, let's move on to the, the other big part of the dev stream, and that was um, we got to meet a couple uh, new VR team members, which is awesome. Uh, we met Tara uh, Kamara Solbrig. She is the 3D character and creature artist, and we met Duarte, uh, also known as Chroma. Uh, they're uh, new. They are the new uh, character and creator character creature creature animator. <laughs> boy, I can't say that. <laughs> um, and we got a, a really solid interview from Minus where they talked about their work, specifically with regard to the redo of the human models. Now, I'm going to admit this. When I when they first announced the stream and they said, you know, new uh, character models, I was guessing, I was hoping, longing, if you will, <laughs> for some <laughs> of the models we haven't seen since oh, forever yeah. ago, like the Dark Mirror, like your Archai and the Scar. Uh, oh, you were waiting no, for the we Scar? we didn't get that. As long as they're not rangers, yeah. yeah I want to see this <laughs> Sorry, <car>. sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, man, I, I'll take it. Um, well, we didn't, uh, we didn't get that. Um, so a little bit of a disappointment there, but uh, there was an acknowledgement. I thought that uh, there, they are on the way, and the fact that they also gave us a bit of a timeline on it is was was reassuring. Yeah. So Tara said that um, they uh, that they started on working uh, on the redo of the humans in May of this year. Uh, but they were also working on the armor on the armor pipeline and the associated systems, so there, it wasn't fully exclusively focused on the humans. Um, so the the time was a little longer to get them done. And then they said, optimistically, each character model should take uh, two to three weeks. So if they're forecasting, um, they're going to be done. They hope to be halfway done them by the by the end of this year, 2022, and then complete them by the end of spring of 2023. So, uh, you know, that's some news we can use for sure. And that's something we can we can sort of uh, keep an eye on in, in terms of where they're at with this. Uh, uh, Tara also noted that the humans are in the final stages of, and uh, the new armor pipeline has now been established yeah. and completed. So very good to hear that. The next race is in order uh, that uh, Tara anticipates uh, them working on are the Darkmer, Archai, Scar, Ogre, Elf, 
dwarf, halfling, and gnome. So who knows if that you know order will be maintained? But that's that's what uh, that is what uh, they said. So um, yeah, we didn't get the show and tell with regard to those uh, other races, but what we did get was a really in-depth look at the human models and how they were redone and why they were they needed to be redone. And I think that that was a really important explanation um, because uh, it, it was interesting to see how they've actually accomplished the task. Um, so it, it, the, the takeaway here, I think, that it wasn't just an aesthetic thing. So if people are out there thinking, you know, and I would be frustrated too, oh, they just didn't like the look of it. They wanted to change the looks. No, that's not what it was. There was more going on here um, because I... I actually liked how the, the old models looked. Huh. I mean, before the stream, maybe I liked them more than I did after the stream because they showed some funky stuff that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, basically, the, the the thing is, Tara said that there was an armor fitting problem. She, they both said this. Uh, Tara said they needed to make uh, all the armor types fit all the body types. And this was an opportunity to solve that problem and improve the look. And, they, and when they say improve the look, they specified getting it closer to what the concept art sort yeah. of looks like i think that's important uh she now <laughs> it's funny i've got in my notes tara talked about reducing the tires let's just say <laughs> the tries not tires there what are you talking about i don't even know what i, I can't even write it because i don't know what it is uh but desrin you're an expert on this you came on on pantheon plus you and basically said it's you know polygon related you yeah, know you sort of, think like, of it uh, like that yeah you know reducing the polygons that you need to to do this to put them in a place where it's more manageable uh duarte uh, said the old car- character mo- uh, rigs ha- also had a problem with smoothing animations. Yeah. And I found that really interesting was what he said about Pantheon being a, because it's a group play game. It's a group centric game. That means there's a lot of data being transmitted in terms of animation at all times, more so than you would in like a non-group focused MMO. So their models needed less bones to be more performant. And the old rig had about 150 bones uh, that many of them weren't even being used. And what, what Duarte has done is taken the new rig. He's reduced the uh, bones by about 30% to about 105. Uh, he said the lack of control of bones was also an issue. And this now gives them control of every bone that they're using to create these animations and these riggings. Uh, he created a more standardized rig for all the races so they can share animations between the races. So uh, lots of tech talk here, but I feel like it makes sense even this presentation made sense even to a layperson like me uh what we saw in terms of demonstrations looked pretty sweet and then you know whether it was the emote style movements the, everybody <laughs> loved that axe shot oh yeah <laughs> the dude. guy put in the axe I, it was it didn't it didn't hit me the same way but i love that everybody loved it so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but i the, the armor being a fully applied at the end on those models yeah. looked amazing so lots of good on both sides the animation and the rigging and the models desrin you know what what stuck or what struck you i should say with uh, from the interview and from what we saw oh my goodness uh so i loved this interview as you would probably expect i guess um you did mention yes. the they they kind of I, I would say kind of slid in there that you know they had some troubles with animation smoothing um with the old rig and i that was just music to my ears i'll admit um because one of my kind of things is that i don't think the animations were particularly bad but there's a lot of smoothing that goes along with modern animations that makes things feel more natural and connected that i think was missing with pantheon and i've just noticed it for a long time and hearing that that might improve because of these changes 
uh, totally makes me happy. But uh, the other thing, I'm glad you're, you've kind of brought this up because, you know, I was bound to, let's be honest, um, <laughs> that the whole like redoing, <laughs> right? Um, because yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure this is going to, you know, bristle some spines or feathers or whatever you want to say. Uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely a bit of a gut punch to hear that, like, you know, the way it was, wasn't optimal. Um, I get that. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm going to give VR a full pass here because, mm-hmm. you know, they've mm-hmm. been through several, uh, you know, years of animation and uh, a few points where they're talking about, hey, oh, we improved this system in this way. And I, ha- I do have to point out, though, that and <laughs> I'm sure this is just going to annoy people, but, but, you know, these projects change. They evolve, um, especially as new staff arrives. Uh, so, you, you know, you might think like, why didn't Ross, you know, the, the old uh, lead animator, or old, he's still there, he's still the lead animator, but like, why didn't Ross just do it right the first <laughs> time? Um, and it's just because there isn't really a right. Um, in in mm. the end, it had to get done. And uh, it they did what they had with what they had. And uh, yeah, any, anyway, I'm saying that we're... <laughs> we're getting out of this is like a, a much better product. So at the end, we get a better finished product that, you know, like the refactor and all these other system updates will mean that the game is more sustainable, uh, e- even with just a small team as they are. Um, so I'm super excited to see what the, you know, how these changes play out and what it means for the future of the game, because the more efficient they can make it, even if it seems like they're redoing stuff, it's better for the you know longevity of the game. Uh, if yeah, if if it's easier to make an animation, if it's easier to make an armor, if it's easier to fit an armor, uh, it means we get more. <laughs> so yeah, well, and and the thing is, is like you know the animation smoothing is one thing, but like what Tara was saying, like they had a problem with the armor fitting. Yes. Like it it wasn't working. Like you know you can't just sort of like ah we'll fix it later. You know that's what get everybody in trouble no matter what you're doing whether it's this project or, or something you know another project in your on your own life if you ignore a problem for too long it becomes insurmountable and you got to deal with but, it but that's so, the thing it's like well uh, you know i i understand that it it sounds ridiculous to you know for an mmo uh fit a mesh to each body type you know manually uh, and it's a lot of work but if you don't have time to you know try to make a better way uh, it's a way to get some armor out, you know, <laughs> to get it yeah. done. And I I can't help but defend that a little bit just because, you know, this is just stuff yeah. you don't see. <laughs> you don't see this yeah. uh, often. And uh, But I do get the kind of frustration. However, knowing that we should have a suite of, you know, races uh, sometime mid next yeah. year uh, that look great. Because, I mean, look, the updates themselves man i i can't stress how mm-hmm. much i'm just falling in love <laughs> with the new models and rig um like i know you're <laughs> you have your reservations um and, <laughs> and you mentioned that the emote right uh mm-hmm. i love it because not because it's like a perfect animation i i think it was just a demo honestly like, I, I don't even know if that animation is going to make it into the game Oh, the way Minus talked about it, I have a feeling it's getting in the game. He's well, maybe, maybe. That. I'm sure it'll get cleaned up a bit. <laughs> but what I like about it is more than anything, it has some real character. Um, you know, pun intended. Uh like 
that animation kind of told me that this is handmade. Like the, there's something about this that uh, you you just don't get from mocap, and mm-hmm. that I think is gonna really fit a lot of people's uh, h- how they want the game to feel uh, and mm-hmm. and be different than what what else is on the market. Um, and uh, lastly, you know, you mentioned everything kind of coming together at uh, at the end with the showing the the armors and everything and. Uh, that was a huge treat. I'm actually, there's another thing that I'll mention later, I think that I'm pretty excited about, but I've, I've been rambling on enough. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, no, it's, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of good points there and, and just a lot of excitement about that. And you could hear that in the, uh, in their voices when they talked about their jobs, you know, and, and, uh, how much they enjoyed what they're doing. So, and it seems like they're really in sync, really working in tandem with each other. So that was another aspect, another thing I wanted to mention. But another aspect I wanted to bring up as well was how uh, Terra noted the old models didn't leave room for any customization outside of like head swapping. Yeah. And I'm talking customization from a player perspective. So with these new rigging systems, they said they allow for much more targeted player customization, character customization. What's kind of crazy is that even like the only thing you could do before was swap your head and your hairstyle, which you know, I know it's an indie game. I know it's a small company. We say it all the time. I don't think that cuts it. I don't think that does justice. I don't think the game uh, is serviced by that at all. And I think that it would get roundly criticized. Now, you know, we can we can sort of, there are some things we, we do say it a lot. You know, they're an indie company. They're limited. But um, this is going to go a long way for them, I think, because <laughs> yeah. even though we're not, they're not going, ex- you know, it's not going to the nth degree, like some of the high, you know, the, the Eastern yeah, MMOs. I, I especially actually prefer that, right? <laughs> Like what more simple more or simple, more simple? Yeah, yeah, simple yeah. but meaningful changes. Well, it's funny because on Pantheon Plus, you Nathan and I kind of disagreed on this. He's like, I would have been fine just swapping heads. I'm like, no, no, can't have just you know, like that's gonna that's gonna bug me, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so Duarte talked about you know many facial features can be changed. For example, they both talked about how the old models had some really unrealistic proportions and i never noticed that before but i got to tell you in this stream that ginormous alien head (laughs) became something i can't unsee it was ridiculous who like what was going on there how did they put hair on that thing because it was you had to put hair on that thing (laughs) yeah if you had if you had chosen like a bald hairstyle if you had no hairstyle i guess uh you would have been ridiculed for sure (laughs) it looked ridiculous now I have some nitpicks. You referenced them a second ago, you know, and I, I liked how the old models seemed a little bit um, more weathered, you might uh. say. I think these new models definitely have a younger tenor to their look almost. And I don't want to say this because it sounds terrible. It sounds like I'm like a slam, like, I don't know, too much critical, but almost generic. <gasps> I think that um, and this is exactly counterpoint to what you were saying. I, you felt like they gave them more a defined look. I think there was almost more of a, more of a generic look to them. Now, if it works better, that's the, really the main thing. Honestly, performance functionality has to come first for sure. But the old models uh, were very, I guess I was attached to them, you know, but again, I'm also being mindful of the fact that it's a symptom of following a game that's in development. Yeah. You cannot get attached to how something looks right. Yeah. We've all got our gray box memories yeah. with the, in some <laughs> some back corner of our minds whether we like it or not you know it lives in our minds but those days are gone and we are in the hdrp world now and as with models character models 
I'm, these ones that we're seeing now, there'll be refinements to those as well. So don't get uh, too hooked into them. But I'm sure more than what you've said already, Desmond, you have more thoughts <laughs> on the, the the animations and the models here, right? Of course. I mean, I, like I said, I'm a huge fan of the updated models um, and uh, and the few animations we saw. Um, I, I'm on the opposite, man. I think they look more like, I don't know, grounded? or Like, they're... Hmm. Okay. They're more realistic, I would say, but not in like a, oh, we're just going for photorealism like every other game on the market. But like it actually felt more Pantheon to me, um, hmm. like the old models when they did the side by side. I feel those like mm-hmm. those look more generic RPG. They definitely look more like plasticky uh, or hmm. I don't know. I would almost say goofy. <laughs> well Um, see that's exactly the opposite of what i feel i feel like the new ones looked goofy and the old ones looked much more serious and i like i my sort of theme pantheon mindset it's it's a more of a serious tone you know it's not like uh, it's not like blood and guts conan mortal oh yeah yeah kind of thing but it's got a more and this feels a little bit on the lighter side these models look a little lighter to me well i so on the plus you like i mentioned that word heroic um, and I, I think I right. stand by that. Uh, I, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to see how the other races come. Right. Um, but I, I think the humans look way better and, and somehow more in line with what I'd expect to see in Pantheon. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> it's funny that like it, being an, a thing of art, right. It, it's so easy for us to have these <laughs> totally different, yeah. um, yeah, aesthetic choices are are always going to be a, uh, you know, there's no right answer, yeah. right? There's no right answer. It's an aesthetic and, choice. And, you know, I do, I do look forward to seeing them running around in game. Uh, that might make a difference as well. But I do I have to throw this in. You know I have to throw this in here because this is such a wholesome <laughs> thing. Um, and, we, you know, we shouldn't get back on the topic <laughs> again. No, but this is worth mentioning. I know. I know okay. It, this is definitely. Worth yeah. Mentioning. And this is, you know, Ronick uh, came on plus you last night with minus, but um, there was a lot of talk about the female models. Uh, and Ronick brought up something that Brad had said a long time ago, um, which was basically that he wanted characters in Pantheon that his daughter would be proud to play. And uh, I am super glad he came on and brought that up. And I, 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 I wouldn't say I got choked up or anything, but just like, that was just so wholesome, man. No. That was just such a, yeah, mm. it, it felt great. I mean, it was because we were struggling to try and like, I think we were struggling to try and articulate how um, to say it properly. You know, like we, yeah. we wanted it. We, we were trying, I think we were all in the same mindset, but we just couldn't put it into words and, and to say it like that. And because it links back to, you know, Brad and it it links back to the, his vision for the game. And it just, I, for anybody who has a daughter, I mean, I don't have, I have two sons, right? I don't have a daughter. So, but if I had a daughter, I'd want that too. I'd want my daughter to be proud to look at the female models in this game and say, yeah, that, I, that makes me feel good about myself. You know, like that, I feel like that's a representation of me, you know? So it's just, it was a really nice way to put a bow on it. Totally. Um, well, uh, on another note, <laughs> uh, since I know it's kind of hard to both listen to the dialogue and pay close attention to the video in these streams, which I'm more kind of just speaking on myself here. But um, <laughs> so when they show that final uh, T-Post model with the different armors, um, in case it wasn't clear, what they're demonstrating there is just how different the same mesh can look. 
they showed off, I don't know, at least six or seven, maybe maybe more, um, different reskins of the same armor mesh. And you can you could see just like how much variety they can get out of that single mesh. Um, I, I think this is going to be really great news for folks specifically that maybe read a bit about this and thought like we're going to be headed towards the, you know, that dreaded uh, <laughs> same armor but green <laughs> trope. You know, we see that in MMOs <laughs> yeah. all yeah, yeah. the time. Um, yep, we do. And I, I don't know how many people were like picking up on that, but if you, you know, go back and watch the stream, uh, check out that whole last clip. Um, it's the same mesh the whole time, uh, but the armors look quite different. Um, so very, yeah. very well done there and great. I think that really bodes well for the future. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, I have to point this out too because I, I don't think I've seen anyone talk about this, but you know how they've mentioned in the newsletters that um, they've been working on these you know, new casting animations, right? Yeah, yeah. They just yep. threw those in. Like they didn't they did, even yes. say, Oh, Hey, in those new casting animations, these are the ones they were just like kind of talking over it casually, casually, but there's actually a huge nugget in here is that it's not just new casting animations. It, it shows that casting animations are actually specific to the school of spell um, that you're casting in a, like in a very distinct way. Like you'll be able to tell if someone's casting an evocation spell or a, um, what was one of the other ones? I already forgot. I think there was one that said distortion. Yeah, distortion. Almost. That was new. Distortion, right? Yeah, that was new. I remember, like, what is that? <laughs> you know, like, that's a new thing. Yeah. There's a lot to go back and mine from this. Yeah, and we, you're right. It's completely untalked about. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, I think so. that's that's one of those, like, little details, right? Where in a lot of these games, you have the same casting animation or just kind of a random same casting animation. Uh, through all your spells but this actually throws some identity in there like you know your your mm-hmm. destruction or whatever it was called like it looks forceful and uh man anyway let me just ask you desert any last comments from uh about the stream anything we didn't talk about anything else you wanted to mention oh i'll just uh be a little sappy uh you know shout out to <laughs> Dwart and Tar- uh, tara um they were a real treat and i know i know it, talked about this a few times but like i really can't wait to get them back on the stream um obviously they've got a ton of work to do but they were really great um i i i can't wait to see the next set of race models you know more armor and just all the stuff that they're working on um i think just in general we're we're really getting to that point where pantheon can show some actually pretty good looking stuff um that's i I would say it's more likely to be similar to what we'll see at launch instead of the more early development stuff we're used to. Um, Cause I think it, a lot of w- what we even have today is more closer to uh, development than it is to release. And so, you know, showcasing some of that new talent um, as you know, they're, they're really going to push the game forward uh, and we're, you know, finally starting to see stuff that is impressive that we're, probably going to get and um yeah it's all coming along that's <laughs> that's it yeah it's coming along that's right yeah it's all good so that's the uh, that's the news for the week uh, for the last two weeks i guess let's talk about uh, our notes and that's uh, our calendar for uh, pantheon plus this week so this is uh, pantheon plus content plus our friends like crypt fox who's uh, streaming on monday on his 
Twitch channel. He's playing some Temtem. So I don't know anything about yes. Temtem. Yes. Um. I, so I, I haven't played Temtem, but I think it's really cool that he's uh, streaming that because there was a kind of an explosion on that a long time ago. And I haven't really heard much since, but really cool idea. Okay. And I think really cool, uh, enjoyable thing. Nice. Is it an MMO? What is it? What is uh, it kind like? of. It, it's Closest. it's a um, multi. You think of it like multiplayer Pokemon. Um, oh, and, okay. uh, yeah. Okay. Really, really neat stuff, though. Yeah, so that's 7 p.m. Eastern on Crypt Fox's uh, Twitch channel. Uh, then, of course, Midnight uh, Drac and the EQ crew are back for their late night Twitch After Dark series where they're playing EverQuest. On Tuesday, our friend Man of Rohan has a video coming out. All I know is it's called Shenanigans. <laughs> that's good enough for me. Shenanigans is a great word. You know, I, there's no real bad way of using that word in any context. So it's going to be worth watching. So make sure you subscribe to Man of Rohan's YouTube channel. On uh, Tuesday night... We are back for MMO, MMOs 101. We're all joining in. The whole crew of us is joining in to play some Fractured, which is a brand new MMO that just entered early access this week. I've got it downloaded and installed. I don't know about you, Des, but uh, I haven't tried it out yet, but looking forward to uh, having our, I don't know, our, our swarm group because it's unlimited group <laughs> yep, size in that yep. game, apparently. So we're going to be playing that on, that's Tuesday night on our Pantheon Plus Twitch channel, uh, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. Wednesday, our friend Wizen has some uh, another entry on his journal uh, fan fiction coming up. That's on our website at pantheon.plus. So on Tuesdays, or on Thursday, rather, um, we've got two things. Well, first of all, we've got the 201. Um, now, because the 101 is going to be all of us and we're playing Fractured, I figured we'd do something a little different with the 201. So this is going to be, we're going to be playing some Guild Wars 2. And it's going to include our newest friends, Asera and Essen, joining us to play that. And it's going to be me, you, Des, Asera, Essen, and Stands in the Fire. And uh, I loaded up my Guild Wars 2. I had to update, <laughs> but I went back in and realized how much I'd forgotten how to play that oh, game. Oh, I'm sure Got I'll be hit with that up. too. It's been so yeah. long. <laughs> it has. So Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, hit uh, hit us up here on this channel right here on the Pantheon Plus YouTube channel. We're going to be live streaming some Guild Wars 2. Friday, Redbeard Flynn, new video called New Game. Who dis? He's talking about <laughs> New World and their upcoming, I think they have a, some new content coming out here soon. I think that's what this is going on, what this is about. So that'll be interesting to see. And um, then that's it for the uh, for the week. We are, of course, back next week for another Rewind. Um, I also want to mention, I referenced it earlier. So Desrin, you and me and Drac are all doing videos. You took the rogue. I took the enchanter and Drac took the cleric to break down the updates we saw from the VR dev live stream. So, uh, you know, sort of similar to the ones we've done before uh, in the same style. Quick little updater videos to show you uh, some specifics and some things we didn't get into here talking about today. So Desrin, are you uh, you're looking forward to doing that and putting oh, that together? Of course, man. Of course. Yeah. Nice. All right, well, let's leave it there for this week's uh, VR News and Notes. The Pantheon community is full of cool projects, new people, and things that are just worth sharing. Hmm? What's this over here? <gasps> Look at that. So let's see what we can find in this week's Community Spotlight. All right, we've got a little bit of catching up to do on the Community Spotlight, and uh, I have to point out, uh, before I forget... Uh, Wizen did also release uh, earlier this week uh, H. Wizen Thales Red Scrawlings 11 uh, to Pantheon.plus so uh, we'll have that linked in the nice. show notes um, I, I had to scour and look back uh, across the last two <laughs> weeks just to make sure 
you know, I'm not missing anything. And right off the bat, I'm already forgetting something. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You can only you can only scour the internet so much before you actually technically lose your <laughs> mind. So if you miss something, I don't blame. Well, you. if I do miss something, as usual, guys, uh, shout me out in the comments or on Discord. Discord's preferable. And uh, let me know if there's something out there that I might miss, and I'll put it up in the community spotlight. But uh, to get to the content, the first one's a really fun one. Um, Oren is a person in the community that does Twitch streams, and uh, apparently he's done uh, watch parties in the past, but uh, I didn't know. <laughs> and, uh, no, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so uh, it was brought to my attention today that he actually did a watch party for the last dev stream. And, uh, you know, I watched through a, a good chunk of it, and uh, Oren's just such a, like, positive and fun guy <laughs> i really love his attitude and his community seems great um so that's actually a twitch vod right now um and i'll have that uh link down below uh, if you want to kind of watch nice. through the stream again with just a really cool dude um awesome yeah i'm looking forward to it. i've never watched any of this stuff before i'll have to check yeah it, it, was, out. it was really fun really fun um and then we've got uh some nathan napalm back on the horse <laughs> <laughs> on the cringe pony horse on the, on the cringe horse it's funny about this because uh, i hadn't seen one from nathan in a while and i had to send him a message and ask him like hey did you are you done making uh, recap videos and and stuff like that and literally like a minute later he posts <laughs> he posts this video <laughs> yeah and he's like no nah, man <laughs> no i just put i was wondering that too it's funny you asked him that because i was thinking that exact question the other day i'm like boy you know like he's streaming every day because he's full-time and i just yeah. I'm like where's the pantheon content are you not doing it anymore i was kind of wondering that myself well but, he totally is you know, he can't stay yeah away oh, oh no way and uh this will not disappoint this is pure napalm uh i haven't watched it yet it's uh recapping the uh you know the latest dev stream he's got character model and class updates all that stuff um, so get hyped, uh, watch Nathan's video. Um, now the next one is another Tearson Bane one. Now this one's kind of interesting. So this one's titled The Biggest Problem, Pantheon Rise of the Fallen Commentary. And I wasn't sure where this one was going to start, honestly. But so Tearson's mm -hmm. tackling something that comes up a lot around Pantheon. And, you know, we we follow and we hear this a lot. And it's just that the game looks bad. <laughs> Um, you know, at least to a, a modern AAA, you know, MMO audience, right? A lot of people see Pantheon, they're like, yeah, this game doesn't look very good. Um, so he kind of digs into a little bit of why graphics and animation aren't such a big deal, but in a bit of a twist of fate, he also points out that like VR doesn't really want to be like other games that do the polished graphics first to get a bunch of hype and money and then you know, have to do them again later. <laughs> um, given mm -hmm. we, as we've seen, like Pantheon has had to do some redos, of course, but uh, their approach has just been a little opposite. And he even compares this to, you know, Pantheon to Ashes of Creation, saying that on one hand, Pantheon kind of faces, you know, money issues more or less. They don't have a ton of funding, but a Ashes of Creation potentially faces some gameplay issues instead. Um, and I thought that was just a really interesting, I'm sure there's more nuance to it than that. Right. Um, but, yeah. uh, it was an interesting, the way he framed it was very interesting. Um, because it's like, which, which problem would you rather have, yeah. you know, like fundamental gameplay issues or less funding than you'd like. Right. Cause I mean, ashes doesn't have the funding problem there. Yeah. They just don't deal with that. Like Pantheon. Does. Yeah. I mean the, they probably went tenfold 
the amount of money, right? Um, so at least, yeah, so at least. yeah, it's it's one of those things we we can't help but compare uh, very different games. But uh, it's always interesting because Tiersen covers a lot of Ashes of Creation. But one thing he did say though that I uh, <laughs> it hurt my soul a little bit <laughs> was. Uh, as an example, he kind of was just like, oh, well, you know, with, with Pantheon, we could just play Pantheon now. It's called Project 99. Uh, it just looks old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've... <laughs> it's I, not, not exactly the same, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I've yeah. got to speak out against this. I'm sorry, Tucson. Uh, I know it was just kind of <laughs> like a, a j- Joker example, but um, but no. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let's let's get to um, some Sir Medieval stuff because man, this guy's been cranking it out. Um, yes. So the first one is uh, I'll just shorten this to you know what's on the menu for September 2022, and this is just uh, a quick summary video of the uh, monthly content schedule. Um, of course, given his expectations or hopes and stuff like that as well, um, it's always kind of interesting to hear what certain people are interested in um, for, for content. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, he might be super into uh, what it seems like is the parting the veil um, because mounts are such a big topic in MMOs and especially because he covered a ton of New World. That's a big debated thing. So I could see why he's very interested in that. Um, but uh, it's a really yeah, good anyway, yeah. Uh, that's always fun to watch. Uh, next one, he actually, this is another like new, just random surprise. Uh, he did another video on one of the hot topic discussion or two of the hot topic discussions, actually um, dialogue or, or dialogue choice importance. Um, and it's just his thoughts on some of Kilson's promoted forum threads. Um, and he does bring up a little bit of like what other people have said, you know, in response, but it's, it's not necessarily Pantheon info, like solid Pantheon info. It's mostly just kind of his ideas on what he would want. Uh, but he, does yeah. dig into the question that was prompted uh, on the official account. I find a lot of his videos that his ideas are, are, they come through quite clearly, you know, going back to the one you mentioned before about what was coming up, you know, he was talking about in the dev stream, looking forward to the potential for a Bard and Necromancer oh, yeah. class reveal. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we're oh, like, oh, man, man that's, sorry. that's not happening. That's definitely not yeah. happening. <laughs> like, you know, but again, that's, it's a product of maybe, um, you know, following more recently and, you know, also being just more, uh, in tune with like your, what your ideas are, what, and what your perspective on it is rather than like, you know, just being right on the, on the nose (laughs) with what to expect, because that's clearly wasn't going to happen. Right. But you know, that's what he wanted. So that's Well, let's get into, uh, (laughs) let's get into our last bit of uh, community (laughs) content here. And it's another Sir Medieval video. And this one, so he's kind of uh, teased that he's got this upcoming lore series uh, that he's got people animating for, some voice acting, all this crazy stuff. And this trailer, um, it w- it was a trailer. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> crazy, very epic. Um, like honestly, it looks like he's putting a ton of effort into this. So I, I can't help but be like, all right, that that's cool. Uh, that he's obviously yeah. jumping all in on you know lore. Uh, specifically um and i mean <laughs> the, the the trailer yes. music the journey <laughs> journey the, okay so let's talk about the journey song okay I, I did not did not expect that that was way out of left field for me because you know we talked earlier i mentioned how pantheon feels to me if you asked me if a journey song fits how pantheon <laughs> feels I, i'd be like oh no that doesn't how i see it having said that I support 
anybody's interpretation of how the game hits them. Like if this is what makes him feel Pantheon, that like, cool, man, good for you. Like it, 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 which is, was completely like a shock to this. I'm like diving into a pool of cold water. I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> what is this song? You know, it was really <laughs> something that uh, struck me hard as like, wow, I would never have expected this out of a Pantheon video in the sense of like, wait, are we hitting mainstream? <laughs> you know, because I, I feel like that's that's more like the mainstream MMO market, right? Is, you know, excitement and all this like crazy, yeah. oh my gosh. And what's even better though, is that he's channeling that into a lore video. So I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> I don't know how to, that's a great way of saying it. I don't know how to feel about it either. It's like I said earlier, aesthetic choices, there's no right or wrong. Everybody... I'm like, he did a great job with this tons of effort. Is it my taste? No. Um, <laughs> but that's why we all have the ability to create things. We, if you don't like it, create one that you do like, yep. you know, like so I can appreciate that he's bringing something to the table that we, you know, no one else in our, our community really is exactly right now. Um, e even with yeah. lore stuff, like your lore stuff is different than Chris Kane's stuff. And I'm sure his totally. will be different than the, you know, those prior to, um, but I am very much looking forward to his interpretation of the lore. Um, we'll see if it turns out like the trailer or if maybe it's its own kind of spin. But uh, I mean, you can't deny 15,000 views for a lore announcement trailer. Uh, it's definitely it's resonating good. with someone. <laughs> That's exactly. And I looked at the comments because I'm like, how did other people think about this? And people loved it. Man. Yeah. I mean, people were jonesing for this thing like so. i said he he Good was the lore guy for uh new world and i mean if he can yeah. do stuff with new world thor i mean <laughs> yeah. who knows what he's what, gonna what yeah, do <laughs> who knows what's gonna come out of this anyway um that's something to yeah. look forward to uh whenever whenever that comes out i i didn't see a date or anything but uh anyway um tons of fun mm -hmm. stuff to catch up on uh if i missed anything let me know on discord and that is going to be it for this week's Community Spotlight. Sit back and relax. It's time for The Lore You Know. All right. So our last lore offering was a short one. So we need to feel the need to make amends for that. Uh, so what we're doing is we're starting the tale of the seed and the worm. And that's worm with a Y for clarity for, for you listening. Uh, so this lore is quite uh, old. It was released in December of 2018, part of the newsletter from that month. Um, it's no longer available through the official website, uh, but it contains so much important information when it comes to the history of Terminus as a planet and the ancient entities that, that once inhabited it. We talked about the Twinhead God a little while ago. This is sort of in the same vein. So the focus of this tale actually is on the Spriggan and uh, through them, the mystical connections that exist in the world. So listen along closely if you consider yourself any kind of a scholar of our future MMO home as I read the words of J.N. Gerhardt, Pantheon's lead writer, in this week's Lore You Know. There are countless myths about the origin of Terminus. Orcs claim the planet was once a ring of titanic mountains strung together by bridges of water, ice, and magma. Ancient deities fought from each mountain, pushing them together into one mass that has been made smooth by the waters of time. Hieroglyphs of the Gaigana suggest there was one progenitor for all magic, language, and life who knit the planet together from the fabrics of other worlds. The Tholan recount a lineage of dragon masters that stretches back all the way to the dawn of the planet. They name four flying beasts that each heralded a new season on their wings, yielding autumn, winter, 
spring and summer in the wake of their flight across the planet. When compared to the scale of these tales, the story of the seed and the worm may be a book left on the shelf. Its narrative is not so loud or terrific, not at least upon glance at the cover, and is recounted only by the tree folk known as Spriggan. While there is evidence in support of the other legends, the seed and the worm lingers on with a peculiar credibility and enduring interest. It is a story with ancient roots that bears fruit to this very day, shortening the travel back into time like a new bloom on the tip of an old tree's branch. Now to the telling. In the days before time, hands reached through the darkness and birthed a new light. This light was called the seed of life, and the hands buried the seed in a sphere of soil that hung amongst the heavens. A womb of ore, mineral, and dust, it was by any other name a planet, one the Spriggan would call Noah, but is more commonly referred to as Terminus. No other race is known to use the namesake Noah, and it does not appear to have been altered through the ages, as with Avazul or Nistarok. Out from the seed of life grew limbs of gigantic roots, which coursed through the layers of the planet and burst through on the surface, spreading creation throughout the world. From the roots of the seed came all of nature, seas teeming with life and rivers in kind, mountains and glaciers given their place and form, orders of beasts and plants birthed and set free to roam, and finally the first tree folk, a lineage of immense creatures meant to guide the flood of creation that whelmed over the planet. These were trusted to sculpt life within the palm of their very own hands. These creatures were known as the Entineri, though adventurers today know them commonly as Ent. There are well-known legends of their heart-stopping height, with some reaching as tall as a small mountain and towering above every tree on the globe. Few of these titans still remain on Terminus, with the youngest generations counted among the oldest living creatures on the planet. They are largely passive in nature, save for the outlier, and live as stewards of the most ancient and deep forests, those nurtured on the arcane as much as Syros, the sun. Legend claims that the roots of an ent may be able to reach through the crust of the earth and grasp a tendril of the mothering root that created them, though the connection may never grow so strong as to invite the attention of the enemy of the seed. Beneath the layers there churned a foe of the seed of life, known as the Great Worm of the Abyss. This monster may perhaps be a draconic kin to the dragons of sea and air, and its devious offspring are sometimes referred to as dragons of the earth, or basilisks. These creatures are often limbless, flightless, and in a great fury which may stem from their lot as the bastard branch of dragon kind. While their origins are not clear apart from their patriarch worm, their lineage carries a consistent theme of rage against the rival Reen and Sol Cromain, if not always a capability to match their power. For basilisks, the crust of the earth is their sky, the hollows of caves their sea. Therefore, excursions onto the face of the planet are rare. Below the surface is their dwelling place, a realm that holds few challengers and even fewer threats. However, the longer basilisks remain in the depths of darkness, the more blind they become, losing the ability to discern light with their own eyes. It should be noted that this exchange does not limit the threat they pose if one is encountered at the bottom of some abyssal well. Hungry for the power the seed of life bestowed upon the world, the great worm hunted out the roots that crossed the pockets of darkness that existed between the layers of the rock, soil, and ore. Greedily, he ate the defenseless limbs of the seed 
growing in size and strength as a result. Yet, of such magnitude were the roots that even the mammoth worm required years to sever and consume them. He gave no pause for centuries, and as life spread across the surface of Noah, hundreds of root limbs were being severed beneath it. In time, only dozens remained connected to the surface, then fewer than ten, then only one. At the forest of this final great root, the seed of life birthed a new kind of creature. These were smaller and more numerous than the Antoniri, but far more nimble and full of youth. If the Antoniri were the ancient eyes overseeing creation, these younger kin would be the hands and feet that dwelt among it. Their contribution would be in training the tender stalk to break through the dry ground, not unlike the matriarch seed herself had done ages ago. These new offspring of the seed of life were known as her spriggan, and it is said they bore the markings of the seed of life, who they call the face in the deep. To them, she gave the verdant shards, sacred crystals that hold a portion of the seed's power. Yet, no more had the face in the deep instructed the spriggan on what the verdant shards were than the great worm devoured the final root, and her presence vanished from their sight. And that is the lore, you know. Okay, well, Desiree, I didn't write an outro script, so we're going, uh, we're going off the cuff here. So um, I mean, I could just dote on say, the uh, the amazing lore there because this is one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, just because this, it's, to me, this whole tale like strikes true to any real world myths that we hear from other cultures, and uh, it right. it just it's so tangible to me. Um, as being something that's part of a culture, like you could take this from any, you know, <laughs> you could take this from mm-hmm. uh, Nor- Nor- Norway or from India or from Africa, uh, like and any of this could yeah. line up with a creation story. And um, I oh, totally, I love it. So there you go. That's my part I, of the outro. Absolutely. Oh, I like that, man. That's great. That's a great bring up. It's uh, it's one of those stories that I, I feel like, um, I, boy, I wish they'd put it back on the official website. But since they haven't, you know, there is. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring it to you. That we'll bring way. it to you. Um, we'll bring it to you. Yeah. So anyway, it's good to be back with you, Des, after a week off. And I want to say thank you to everybody out there listening to us today. Just a reminder, um, make sure that uh, if you're following us on YouTube, you subscribe, you like the video, you uh, subscribe and turn on notifications. If you uh, want to follow our Twitch channel, you can go there and, and uh, do that as well to make sure you're not missing any content that's coming out from us over the next week or going forward. Again, uh, keep an eye out for those class videos. Keep an eye out for our upcoming streams on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and of course, Monday night, midnight uh, stream. And uh, yeah, with that, uh, Desrin, thanks, my friend. Good to talk to you as always. And uh, we will talk again next week. So until that time, see you then. See you next week, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Pantheon Plus Rewind. Pantheon Plus is not affiliated with Visionary Realms. Be sure to check out our Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube channels under the name Pantheon Plus. You can follow Theric at Pantheon Theric on Twitter, and Desrin at Desrin Does also on Twitter. And you can stay up to date with all things Pantheon at www.pantheon.plus. Until next time, cheers, and thanks for listening.